Welcome to Voices of Aging, where you learn more about aging through experts. We are ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. Every episode, we invite people working in a variety of different fields related to aging and hear their stories. Tune in. Either you're considering a career in aging, or want to learn more about aging fields, or simply want to listen to a stimulating conversation, you will find something you like. Find Voices of Aging on the iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Madeline with the Voices of Aging podcast. Today, our guests are Don Simonson and Jen Rooney. Both work at Trellis here in Minnesota, which provides services, connections, and innovations that meet the challenging needs of a growing population of older adults. Don is the president and CEO of Trellis. Jen works as the Act on Alzheimer's and Aging Mastery Program developer. Hello to you, Don and Jen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. Hello. Let's start. Um, I know I gave you both kind of a brief introduction, but if we could have each of you go through your backgrounds a little bit more, tell us more about yourselves, how you came to Trellis, and more about the role that you serve. Thanks, Madeline. Don Simonson here. So I'm the president and CEO of Trellis, and we do our work through two nonprofit organizations. And I came to the field of aging from the field of healthcare. So I um, was, uh, I managed a small dental clinic. I worked in a community hospital. I helped to organize and set up a foundation for that community hospital. And my first job in aging then after that was an advocacy program to help older adults understand Medicare and uh, receive benefits from Medicare. And one thing led to another, and I soon became interested in broader policy work around Medicare and long-term care and found a new job at the Arrowhead Area Agency on Aging in Duluth. was there for a number of years and then expanded my policy wings a little bit and worked for the state of Minnesota for a few years and then came here to Trellis. And um, aging is really a, a passion for me. I, I I believe so strongly that uh, as a society, we need to support older adults to help them live uh, secure, well lives uh, in their homes where they choose. And this is Jen Rooney. And um, like Dawn and that passion she talks about, I grew up in a very uh, small rural community of about 700 people in the middle of the state with a lot of older adults in the population and no healthcare provider in the community, no skilled nursing facility, anything like that. So I kind of grew up with the entire community helping keep people living fulfilled lives in their home. It was just how we lived. It was our way of life and trying to create accessibility to healthcare and social services and support. So, um, Later on in life, I had done business and all kinds of different roles, and I decided it was time to go back to school and get my master's degree in social work and specifically for gerontological social work. And that's 
what drove me here. And I've been loving my roles here ever since. Wonderful. Thanks to both of you for introducing yourselves. I also gave a very brief introduction to Trellis, um, but could you expand on that and just tell us what is Trellis? Madeline, I'd be happy to do that. So Trellis is an organization that focuses on helping people optimize well-being as they age. And uh, still staying at the big picture level, that means that we provide services, connections, and innovations uh, that really meet the changing needs of our growing older adult population. And when we get drilled down just a little bit more, that often means that we do our work directly, and we also do our work with other community organizations, with healthcare partners, with academic partners, and governmental partners. And infused throughout our work is that we're committed to reducing disparities in access to aging services and reducing disparities uh, in healthcare. We work to ensure equity and inclusivity uh, for older adults and their care partners. Now, we have a special designation. We're the Area Agency on Aging. This is a designation found in federal law, the Federal Older Americans Act, and our state gives us that designation, and we serve uh, in that designated role the seven-county metro region. So our office is located in Arden Hills, but we serve Hennepin and Washington and Scott County in that designated core service area. And so one of our uh, direct services is that we provide the senior linkage line for the metro area. And people can call our 800 number uh, Monday through Friday to ask us questions about services, housing options, Medicare, financial benefits, caregiver support, really any anything that relates to uh, healthy, well, secure aging. And the Senior Linkage Line is quite well known. Every year we receive about 60,000 calls from older adults and family caregivers and others who help, uh, who help older adults. Now that phone number is 800-333-333. Two four three three, and it uh, operates during normal Monday through Friday business hours. We also directly help people uh, on the income security area with uh, helping to recover rights uh, benefits uh, of pensions that they've earned. So we have a pension and retirement rights project, and we provide legal assistance. Now, we do that beyond the seven-county metro. Actually, we're in seven Midwestern states. So when we think of Trellis, Trellis has its core functions in the seven-county metro, but we do other work across Minnesota and also in some other states. One of the primary core roles we have under our designation as an area agency on aging is that we administer the Federal Older Americans Act funding program, and our funding every year reaches uh, about 60 organizations. And that funding provides those very basic services that help older adults uh, remain independent and at home. Really important services like home-delivered meals, transportation, caregiver support, uh, homemaker services, and outdoor chore services. Our community partners do a great job. Most of them are nonprofit organizations, and uh, and the services are available really to anyone 60-plus. But we do target those most in need in our communities, low-income older adults and older adults that are uh, of color. The Older Americans Act program is uh, services are available 
a very low cost, some are free, but contributions are welcome based on someone's self-declared income. Again, our, our role is really to help older adults live safely and independently in their communities. But we do while we do some of that work ourselves, our community partners are, are really uh, an essential backbone. Now, we are also the home, uh, Trellis is also the home for three dementia-friendly community initiatives. As an area agency on aging, we're very focused on helping communities plan and prepare for an older population. And we do this through um, helping communities think about and plan and take action to become age-friendly. Part of becoming age-friendly is even a smaller subset, which is about becoming dementia-friendly. And uh, the projects that we're working on right now in our dementia-friendly community initiatives include Act on Alzheimer's, and Jen will talk more about these, Act on Alzheimer's, Dementia Friends, and the Remember Project. Now, I'll say just a word about the Remember Project, and then Jen is going to focus on Act on Alzheimer's and Dementia Friends. The, Re- the Remember Project is a project in partnership with theater arts professionals, and we uh, offer one-act plays that can be performed either live, although we have not done much of that during the COVID pandemic, or through theatrical, high-quality theatrical videos. And following uh, an opportunity to view the either the live play or the theatrical video, then our colleagues conduct a really important and significant discussion uh, about dementia, awareness, living with dementia, um, to help reduce stigma and to connect people to community resources. So this facilitated conversation really is incredibly important and just helps people so much understand Alzheimer's and other dementias and learn about community resources. So I'll end there and perhaps we could go on to our next question. Absolutely, Don. Um, thank you so much for explaining Trellis. And it sounds like Trellis really does a lot, coordinates a lot, and a lot of really important things. And kind of expanding on what you were talking about in terms of dementia friends, we did have a prior episode with Dr. Teresa McCarthy, all about dementia friends. So um, we would love to hear more about the relationship between Trellis and dementia friends. Well, As Dr. McCarthy probably highlighted, Dementia Friends is a global movement to change the way we think, act, and talk about dementia, and it's really geared at educating lay people in the community um, by helping everyone in a community understand what dementia is and how it affects people. Each individual can make a difference for people touched by dementia. Trellis operates Dementia Friends Minnesota, training Dementia Friends champions in communities across Minnesota to lead free Dementia Friends information sessions for the general public and private groups. And Dawn can explain a little bit about the history of how Trellis became the home. Trellis learned about the Dementia Friends program when we were beginning to lay the foundation for our dementia-friendly community program, and we learned that in the United Kingdom, there was a very unique uh, opportunity uh, to to join this uh, Dementia Friends program that uh, Alzheimer's Society of the United Kingdom had developed. And we, uh, you know, we learned about the program. We uh, thought that this would be a, an, 
incredibly grassroots and well-accepted way to help people uh, learn about dementia, think and act in a different way towards people who have dementia. And so we we connected with the Alzheimer's Society of the UK. They explained that we could become a licensed provider of dementia friends here in the United States. And we were the very first organization in the United States that became a provider of the Dementia Friends Program. And Don, I know you touched on this a little bit, but if we could speak a little bit more about what it means to create a dementia-friendly community. Thanks, Madeline. I think that I, I, I'd like to ask Jen to respond to this question. While I was there at the very beginning and helping to lay the foundation for dementia-friendly community work, Jen has really been leading that work for some time. Well, it's exciting work. As I said, when you come from a community where you've been doing this kind of from little on to watch how it takes shape. But dementia-friendly communities make intentional efforts to become educated, accessible, and supportive of people with dementia-related illness and their caregivers. These communities might be geographical, you know, like um, a, t- a small town or a county sometimes will do an initiative, but they can also be defined by race or religion or culture. Our website, which is actonalls.org, A-C-T-O-N-A-L-Z.org, has a link to the Dementia Friendly's Community Toolkit. And this toolkit has a four-step approach to becoming dementia-friendly. And the first step is, um, I think, a natural one, which is convening a group of interested people and getting them committed to do forward-thinking actions. These people should represent different sectors of the community. It's great to have business members, healthcare professionals, faith community leaders, government officials, uh, transportation representatives, uh, library directors. Uh, those, All of those people can come at the issue of dementia-related illness and caregiver support from these different lenses. So once you get your people together, the second step is to assess the community's strengths and, of course, find the gaps concerning dementia. And a lot of that can come out of just basic conversation, but there are uh, there people use surveys, people, people, different communities use different tools to get this assessment done. And then once you've got your assessment, analyzing the community uh, assessment and determining an action plan. And then the fourth step um, is always the most fun, in my opinion, which is the action step. And that's where you make the changes. And working and attaining these goals is great. Uh, but just as numbers of people affected by de- dementia keep growing, so does the opportunity for communities to become more dementia friendly. And every town looks different. Every community has a different focus. So Dementia Friendly America developed a new tool this year called the Dementia Friendly Community Evaluation Tool. 
This tool gives a lot of examples of ways to identify the gaps and measure both the need and the improvement. Both the Dementia-Friendly Community Toolkit and the Community Evaluation Guide share the principles of one, to make sure you include and involve people living with dementia in the community effort. That's really important. And two, establish and maintain a team that works collaboratively to create the change. And hopefully in that that act, getting people to come together to do that action, you can maintain that group so that they can maintain the efforts in the community, because as we know, the needs will keep coming. So that evaluation needs to keep happening, not just once, but, you know, on a regular basis to keep those communities accessible and supportive. So we've talked about Trellis somewhat broadly. And if there are any community members listening who perhaps need some extra support, either in their own lives or in looking for that support for um, a loved one or a friend. Are there some specific initiatives or services that Trellis offers that you could cite um, specifically for that kind of person? Thanks, Madeline. So I mentioned the Senior Linkage Line earlier, and the Senior Linkage Line is just a wonderful service, uh, really, for any question on aging or caregiving, housing resources, financial resources. And so I think just being sure that everyone can call 1-800-333-2433, that's just that's a great place to start, a one-stop shop. So that that's really important. I think uh, what we would also want to be sure that our listeners know is that Trellis also offers the Juniper program. And Juniper is a network of uh, community-based social service organizations, healthcare providers, and others located around the state offering both in-person classes and classes that are virtual that help people manage chronic disease such as diabetes or uh, hypertension and also classes that help to improve fitness and do that in a way that is very much uh, focused on the the abilities of older adults. And we also offer classes to improve balance and, and prevent falls. Now, health plans sometimes will pay for these classes. We also have ways to subsidize these classes, and some are even offered uh, offered at no cost. So we'd want our listeners to really think about healthy aging and think about uh, Juniper as a really great option for them. No matter where you live across the state of Minnesota, you will be able to uh, participate in a Juniper program. They're often small classes um, with people who are experiencing the same thing that um, you might be experiencing and led by people who have uh, taken, who have often been on the same journey. And so more than uh, 27,000 people have participated in our Juniper program in the last few years. I think, too, that we are also focused uh, more at the policy advocacy level on uh, increasing funding for home-delivered meals. We have uh, been working hard to support volunteer drivers, uh, offering rides for older adults all across Minnesota to get to healthcare appointments and other important uh, visits in the community. Um, we did some really great work with vaccination clinics um, 
when the COVID-19 vaccine was new and right and soon we'll be distributing high quality KN95 masks. I think uh, something that we also are, it's not quite ready yet, it's, it's coming, it's in pilot, is work that we're doing all across the state with dental practices to help them become dementia-friendly. And I think it's important for community members to know that these dental practices that move through the dementia-friendly training will really be especially equipped uh, to serve older adults. And um, I think Jen was going to say a word or two about that. I am. And thanks, Don, for highlighting this work. It's so exciting because I think a lot of people in general have anxiety about going to the dentist. And then if there is cognitive impairment, it can be actually terrifying. So people who go to dental school aren't, haven't in the past been trained specifically on how to help make that experience less anxiety uh, provoking. So this work, which is a collaboration between the Geriatric Workforce Enhancement Program, uh, University of Minnesota Dental School, us at Trellis, and funding by the Delta Dental Foundation, helps teach practices how, in a one-hour basic training, how to make that experience of going to the dentist much more calm for people with dementia and their caregivers, because we train them not just on what happens when you're in the chair, but from the time you get in there and you're at the receptionist desk having to find your insurance information. So it's really exciting work. And um, again, if you go to our website, actonalls.org, and go under community resources, uh, there is a portal that says um, Dementia Friendly at Work for Healthcare where people can um, sign up to become trainers so that they can train their own community or dental clinics can sign up to be trained and have their entire staff trained. And this is a free curriculum that was developed to help make this statewide initiative. And because of the excitement and promise around it, we realized that most of these things uh, can be transferred to medical clinics just as easily because the podiatrist probably hasn't spent a lot of time studying dementia-friendly approaches either. So this has started, um, and we're doing trainings right now. So as I said, if people are interested, that's one place they can go. Um, The other thing when Dawn was mentioning those juniper classes, I thought juniper classes have become really critical for a lot of people who are caregivers of people with dementia, especially during the pandemic. We find most caregivers are really scared to get out in the community because if they get sick or who is going to take care of the person with the dementia related illness. We have seen a lot of people start doing virtual um, classes so that they can get their exercise in. They can uh, communicate with people all over the state who are taking the same classes. They feel less isolated. They are taking care of their health and still capable of being at home and watching the person that they are providing care for. And then 
And the other initiative that Don, Don had talked earlier about equity and inclusion, um, I am just really proud of the work that we're doing right now um, on community health workers. Um, according to the American Public Health Association, a community health worker is a frontline public health worker who is a trusted member and or has unusually close understanding of the community they serve. Um, and because of that trust, they are able to facilitate access to services and improve quality for people regarding between health and social services, making those connections I talked about earlier being in the small town. Well, when I got to the city, I found out that's true there too. So having people who look like their community, who are embedded in that community, who are part of that area, those people have a much easier time gaining the trust of the caregivers and the people with dementia in that community, but older adults in general. And so um, we are working hard at Trellis to help get CHWs trained in geriatric and dementia-focused curriculum. The state curriculum for CHWs is really packed with all kinds of great things, but we've discovered there's a big gap in that uh, community. So we're working hard with MDH, with uh, Volunteers of America, WellShare International, we're all coming together to help really focus on creating a curriculum that emphasizes the importance of this work. Thank you so much to both of you for explaining um, those initiatives. It all sounds really important and really exciting. And I just looked at your website myself. So if anyone is interested, the the links to Senior Link Age Line presentation and Juniper classes can be found on your website, trellisconnects.org. And as we wrap up here, you know, our listeners kind of fall into two categories, either community members or um, students. So I would like to hear um, how community members can support Trellis as a whole or, or specific initiatives. And then additionally, for students, are there ways that students can get involved, um, any volunteer work, things like that? Thanks, Madeline. So let's start with students. Uh, we do have uh, opportunities for internships here at Trellis, and they can come from a whole variety of disciplines, public health, uh, public affairs, communications, uh, social work. So intern advocacy, which kind of is a, a bit of a catch-all, but we are glad to uh, often support interns uh, across uh, bachelor's, uh, graduate and undergraduate. So best to connect with our human resources director, and um, you can find that information on our website. Now, how can community members support Trellis? Uh, one, follow us on Facebook, right? We post a lot of great information that can be shared. And uh, so that that's really good. We'd appreciate ambassadors for us and uh, following us on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter is one way. Uh, we also are always seeking volunteers to be Med Medicare counselors. So part of the Senior Linkage Line program is offering Medicare counseling. And we have other roles here in our organization for volunteers. We also have a community advisory committee. We would welcome uh, people who are interested in serving on our community advisory committee to be in touch with us. That could be students. It could also be 
people in the community who are not students. We particularly are seeking diverse voices and perspectives for that community advisory committee. Uh, we are a nonprofit organization, and so we also uh, gladly accept contributions to support our services to older adults and family caregivers, and you can find that information on our website too. And if I didn't, if there's something here that perhaps uh, I didn't cover and somebody who's listening is thinking, oh, but I wonder if I could do this, I would say just reach out and we'd be glad to hear your idea and see if we can make it fit. Yes, I agree. And I don't know if we've mentioned it, but it's trellisconnects.org is the website. So please do check that. And as far as other ways people can be a part, like Don said, we're looking for Medicare counselors. You can be a, a Dementia Friends champion and help lead trainings. You can uh, become a dementia-friendly dental practice um, instructor, and we have training for that. And those are like one-hour to 90-minute commitments of just helping make your own community uh, much more dementia-friendly. And I'd also like to say we do have a date for this year's Dementia-Friendly Community Summit. That is a statewide event, and that is going to be September 29th, uh, the morning of September 29th. So mark your calendars now, and you can check on updates on registration as it unfolds at actonalls.org. Don and Jen, um, I really appreciate both of you being here. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks, Madeline. Thank Thanks you, for Madeline. having us. This podcast is brought to you by ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. We are a collaborative networking group for students studying aging across the university. Stay tuned for the next episodes of Voices of Aging, where you learn more about aging through experts.